Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. One of the greatest feats that ever happened at Sulphurdale was at the hands of a man named Tom Rogers, a pitcher, and a pretty good one. He was from Sparta, Tennessee, and in 1913, at the age of 21, he pitched for Henderson in the Kitty League, where he was 3-1, and one, and he only pitched in four games. The next three seasons, he pitched for Nashville, 1914, 1915, and 1916. Now, he was 3-1 in 1914 for the Vols, and the Vols records show that he only pitched in four games. Some newspaper accounts say that he also pitched in the Georgia-Alabama League, but I have been unable to find out exactly where that was. But I'll take the newspaper's word for that. But on October 1, at the end of the National Vols season, it was never unusual for players to go back home and play games, especially before winter. So this is in the fall, October 1, the National Vols season is over. And Tom Rogers gets a chance to pitch for his hometown team, Sparta, against another hometown team, Cookville. The game's in Sparta, and Sparta wins 6 to nothing. and Rogers performs an amazing feat. It's a seven-inning game, and he strikes out 20. Now, the other out, the 21st out, was a long fly ball to the center fielder who had no trouble catching it, and there were two errors, so this was not a perfect game. But the newspaper says Rogers was masterful at all times, and showed his old home folks and teammates that he is the same old speed boy of old. Uh, he didn't hit a man. There were no base on balls. So that was a pretty pretty strong performance for him. Now, Tom Rogers, two years later in 1916, pitched a perfect game for Nashville, and it happened at Sulphurdale. The team was playing against Chattanooga, July the 11th, 1916. Now, he had picked up these nicknames because he had moved to Gallatin and called that his hometown. He was known as the Gallatin Gunner by some of the sports writers or the Sumner County Scythe and Shotgun Tom Rogers. And in this particular game, it only lasted one hour and 25 minutes, and he only struck out four. So you'll get some kind of an idea about how impactful a perfect game was in those days. Now, up until this time in 1916, I can find only two perfect games recorded. One was May the 5th, 1904, by Cy Young, when the Boston Americans defeated the Philadelphia Athletics and by Addie Joss of the Cleveland Naps over the Chicago White Sox, one to nothing on October the 2nd, 1908. So here we are, eight years later, July the 11th, 1916, and outfielders Billy Lee and Gus Williams aid in securing Rogers' defeat because he had to have a little help in the field. Lee ran down a smash by the lookout's Joe Harris in right center in the second inning, even though he stumbled as he made the play, and Lee held onto the ball, and the crowd applauded their approval. How often have we seen or heard about perfect games where some outfielder or some player, defensive player, makes this great play to hold on to the ball? Williams performed a similar play by running down a seventh-inning Jake Pittler drive that was heading down the left-field line, and the left-fielder caught the ball just before crashing into the fence near the Negro bleachers. Both pitchers held their opponent hitless for six innings. In the seventh inning, Ball second baseman Tom Sheehan managed his club's lone hit against Chattanooga's Jim Lefty Allen, and it began a rally of two runs as Howard Baker sacrificed Sheehan to second, and Sheehan took third on an outfield error that was hit by Gus Williams. 
Sheehan scored on a Dick Kaufman bunt that was not fielded cleanly by Allen, and Williams followed him home on a squeeze play that was performed flawlessly by Art Corris. Nashville was not able to generate additional hits, and Allen finished with a one-hitter while Rodgers completed his perfect game. One hit by two pitchers in a game. Now, the previous season, on August the 15th, 1915, Rodgers had thrown a complete game 15-inning shutout by allowing only three hits as Nashville won over visiting Little Rock one to nothing, And he ended his season with a 14-19 record and 293 innings pitched. And he continued his spirited performance in 1916. He shut out the Atlanta Crackers in his previous start before the perfect game, and it gave him 18 straight innings without allowing a run. That's pretty special, too. But it was not until July the 23rd when Little Rock scored in the seventh inning that the first run was given up by him after 43 scoreless innings. And this special season, Rodgers would finish the season with a 34-12 and pitching record in 317 innings as Nashville secured its fourth Southern Association pennant. Now, there's a kind of a side story to this, and I'm not sure that it helps in the perfect game story, but let me tell you something that happened just a month before. It was a tragedy, and Tom Rogers was pitching in the game. It was in Mobile on June the 18th, 1916. Rogers hit Mobile third baseman Johnny Dodge with a pitch in the seventh inning. It struck him in the face, and when he lunged into the pitch to hit the ball before it curved. A lot of players did that in the old days. I've heard Bobby Dernbaugh talk about pitchers retaliating when a batter would run up in the box to try to hit a curveball before it had its full curve. That didn't always go too well. And this is what Johnny Dodge had done against this great pitcher, Tom Rogers, curveball. It wasn't considered to have incurred a severe injury. But the next day, Johnny Dodge died in the hospital from the blow. Teammates on the 1915 Nashville team, Rogers was distraught over his friend's death, and he continued to carry the tragedy with him until his passing in 1936 after 14 seasons of professional baseball. His perfect game really entrenched himself into the annals of Sulphurdale's history, as it is the only accomplishment like that in the history of the ballpark. So in three seasons with Nashville, Rodgers had a 41-32 and pitching record and was instrumental in the Vols capturing its fourth Southern Association championship in 1916. He would go on to play for the St. Louis Browns, the Philadelphia Athletics, and the New York Yankees before returning to the minors for nine more years. Born on February the 12th, 1892, Rodgers passed away on March the 7th, 1936, at the age of 44. And as I said earlier, some reports said he never got over Dodge's death and was sensitive about the incident until the day he died. Now, one final part to this perfect game that Tom Rogers pitched, other than the pitchers, all of the batters for Chattanooga went on to play in the, either in the majors or had already played in the majors, except for Pop Kitchens, the catcher. So there's Tom Rogers. I hope you enjoyed that story. I tell you, I get a big kick out of these podcasts, and I hope you're enjoying them. I sure enjoy doing them. You can always let me know if there's a subject you want me to touch on or make some kind of a comment. Why don't you email me at 262downright at gmail.com. 262downright, if you haven't figured it by now, that was the distance of the right field line from home plate to the right field fence, 262downright. I hope you've enjoyed this segment of Skip's Corner, and I hope you come again soon. Thanks. Thanks.